Alright, welcome back to Wrestling Retold and Relived with Richie Mars. I, of course, am your gracious host, Richie Mars, and I'm glad and happy today because we're doing a topic that I was actually at the event for, but first things first, I hope everyone had a fantastic 4th of July holiday, and you could always follow the show at Retold Richie Mars on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Now, this event is the Great American Bash 2008, 15 years ago today. Not today. This month, I believe? It's been a while. It's been 15 years, for crying out loud. I have to brush up on my uh, wrestling history with dates. But this is the Great American Bash 2008, and we are going to be watching Triple H and Edge on the Peacock and just going through my experience and different topics around this time and why this show, The Great American Bash 2008, was such a pivotal show, even though it doesn't get talked about as much. I was actually at the show with my good friend DFD, Don't Follow David, you might have heard him in the archives before, and this was, at least together, our first pay-per-view in the crowd for. It was his first pay-per-view in the crowd, it was my second, my first one was the Royal Rumble, of the same year, but this one was a little bit different because this was right after that 2008 draft. Go back in the archives, listen to my thoughts on the 2008 draft episode, and the WWE was kind of in a tonal shift because this was the first year they officially went to PG, so there was a lot of old elements from the TV-14 era still implemented here and wouldn't be changed until the, the upcoming pay-per-views and such, and I'll get into other stories and research about that, but the match we're going to watch here is Triple H versus Edge, two competitors that we haven't really seen have many one-on-one -on -one matches. They have had tag team matches, they had multi-man matches, but this is one of two one-on-one -on -one matches that they've had, which is astonishing considering the fact they were both in the company at the same time from 99 all the way to 2010, and they only had two one-on-one -on -one matches. Now, there were rumors that Triple H didn't want to work with Edge. I couldn't find anything myself of solid evidence to prove that, but I do know when Edge won the WWE Championship the first time, the plan was going to be John Cena versus Triple H at WrestleMania 22 regardless. But... When Edge won the WWE Championship from John Cena that first time, the ratings spiked up when he won the title because Edge was a long commodity and him winning the first WWE Championship piqued a lot of interest. But as we all come to find out, that title reign was short-lived. It was transitional going back to Cena and Edge was very disappointed in that because the ratings were there, everything was there, the merch was there, all clear signs that, hey, let's pivot directions. But since Triple H was already penciled in, Edge had to drop the title to Cena to make that event happen. So without further ado, a little backstory on this Edge and Triple H match. Edge got married to Vicky Guerrero, the SmackDown general manager, a couple weeks ago. And she granted him a WWE Championship match at the Great American Batch, which was weird because this match only had about two weeks of buildup, so it wasn't like a necessarily grandiose feud that was going on here. 
it was very it was very empty in my opinion because you had Triple H who got drafted to SmackDown which which was a huge shock to everybody and it it just seemed like he was out of place it was Triple H on SmackDown and then you had you know the other guys you had Edge you had Jeff Hardy and it was weird seeing Triple H not on Raw with the premier stars like Batista, John Cena, Randy Orton, etc. And SmackDown was known as the workhorse kind of show. But it was a pretty cool strategy that WWE tried to implement with Triple H on SmackDown, trying to raise the stock and level of all the competitors that got drafted over there, like Jeff Hardy, Shelton Benjamin, MVP, Brian Kendrick. If that worked or not, that is up to you. But yeah, this is Triple H and Edge's only singles match on pay-per-view. And we're going to deep dive in it right now. I have the Peacock loaded up. It is at 2 hours and 13 minutes if you want to watch along. And I will talk about some history with the Great American Bash, this one specifically. And we'll go on from there. And in 3, 2, 1, and go. Alright, we're getting the promo package right here with shots of Edge and Vicky Guerrero. And it's so insane how much of a hated person Vicky Guerrero was at this time so much so they ran a poll during the show and you could text that I remember me and uh DFD David we texted it during this time and who do you feel more sympathy for Edge or Vicky Guerrero and <laughs> Edge actually won the poll for 55% of the vote compared to Vicky that people felt more <laughs> sympathetic towards Edge, who, in all means, a normal storyline, should have been the one that was devious during the storyline because he cheated on Vicky Guerrero with the wedding planner who was played by future WWE diva Alicia Fox. Nice little trivia there. And it was just a weird storyline because it came out of left field and... Vicky was so hated that the, f the majority of the fans felt bad for Edge, even though he was the one that was cheating on Vicky Guerrero. It was such an insane storyline in such a short amount of time. And ironically, Triple H was the one who revealed all that because he interrupted another famous wrestling wedding with Test and Stephanie McMahon, which is a famous storyline. It's not as... Famous as this lovely storyline, JK. This storyline, if you if you didn't live through it, you don't remember it. But this Great American Bash show is a pivotal show for many reasons. One of them being, it's the last time that there was planned blood or gigging in a match with Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels bled so much, and I remember watching from the crowd. You could see, even from where... We were sitting, we were sitting a little bit higher up, that you could just see the blood just like pouring down. It was insane. And I think that was the only time up to that point I saw a match end by TKO. There, this was also the crowning of the Divas Championship, which Michelle McCool won. That match only went about three minutes max, and I'm so glad that the women actually have time to have an engaging match. All right, Edge just got caught and busted with Alicia Fox. Triple H is smirking. 
another thing about this show, this was the show that transitioned to the HD era. They were having new HD cameras. And they had a they had a meeting that day. And it was the famous well, not famous. Well, Brian Myers tells a story that there was a meeting with all the roster members about the HD meeting. And Michael Tarver, who didn't come to the main roster until the Nexus days in 2010, watching Nexus or listen to the Nexus podcast in the archives for more information about that, asked a question about HD and everyone was like, whoa, what? we've never seen this guy before. And Sheldon Benjamin, he was also backstage and Vince said, oh, excellent question, Sheldon. And he got Michael Tarver and Sheldon Benjamin confused and everyone just popped and he had no idea why. <laughs> like everyone was laughing. Okay, Eve Torres just walked in. I forgot she was a backstage interviewer before she was an in-ring performer. This is what they would do with the Diva Search winners or contestants. They would just kind of like put them on the show in any kind of role. They had them as hosts. They had them as, uh, I think the Bella Twins for a while were like escorts for the uh, celebrity guest general managers of Raw. Like they would be hanging out with them. So they always find a place for them on the show, which is pretty cool. This show is actually also the last pay-per-view that Mick Foley would be at the commentary table. With Jim Ross and Mick Foley. Jim Ross got traded to SmackDown. He was not happy about that. This is Jim Ross's first SmackDown pay-per-view call in it. It's either his first or second. I'm not sure if he did the Raw commentary for Night of Champions. I think he did the SmackDown one. But this is the first first and last time, I think, that Jim Ross and Mick Foley were a commentary team. And Mick Foley would leave because he didn't like Vince McMahon yelling in his ear. Like, he tells it in his book, Countdown to Lockdown, that he felt disrespected. Vince would just call him obscene names, calling him an idiot, stupid. There's a famous story in his DVD where they were doing the Vince McMahon Million Dollar Mania where Vince would be calling people who were on the list to give away some of his million dollars that week on raw and i think it lasted a couple weeks and mick foley went to jr it's like oh wow it's gonna be a million dollars and jr's like that's right right and and foley's like wow i haven't seen vince throw so much money away since goldberg And, and vince said on his headset he's like all right foley now i hate you because it's true <laughs> so it's a little funny story and that and this is like a classic edge look right here it's the trench coat it's the black and red tights and it's such a it still boggles my mind this is the only one-on-one singles match on pay-per-view with edge and triple h The match that I remember the most with Edge and Triple H in it, it's a triple threat match in 2004. It was Triple H defending the world title against Edge and Chris Benoit. And the finish was Benoit has Edge in the crossface. Edge is struggling. He rolls through. And just as he's putting Benoit in like a cradle position, Edge taps out, making the match a draw. And that match actually inspired a Day of Reckoning 2 storyline. So the storyline Day of Reckoning 2, the world title was vacated because Triple H and Chris Jericho got pinned and tapped out at the same time. 
So it was the same ending that Edge and Triple H, that match that was in. So it was pretty cool how they implemented that match into an actual video game, even though Edge and Triple H didn't really interact that much. They interacted in DX versus Reddit RKO, but it was never a one-on-one scenario, which is weird. We got Triple H's entrance, and this is, despite what I thought of Triple H's character at this time, which I thought was... You know, a little bit, he he was, he's very center of attention kind of deal, but it's like the red and the blue and like the rainbow colors as he has the smoke built in and he's just pumped up. And this Triple H, he, he looks like an absolute tank right here. I think he was a year before he returned from injury and now he looks like a million bucks. It's pretty amazing. Triple H was definitely in his season veteran mode right here. Oh, well, I forgot they have the hard cam a different way. That's what, So usually the hard cam in wrestling is usually on, if you're facing the stage, if let's say you're coming out on the stage, it's usually on the right side of the arena. And this show, it's on the left side. So I, I don't remember that. Oh, wow. And Triple H with the spinner belt is always going to be weird to me. I think they kept the spinner belt because kids and a lot of People started requesting them, so that's why the spinner belt was around for a long amount of time. But it was just weird how people would just kind of wear it as normal because Cena introduced it. It would spin, but around this time, that's where it stopped spinning. Like, I think around 2007, 2008, that's when the title didn't really spin anymore. Classic Triple H pose with the belt, arms up. People bowing down to Triple H. These later years of the Triple H career, where he's kind of like that seasoned vet with the championship always in the world title pitcher. Like, I preferred over the Reign of Terror, because the Reign of Terror just didn't end with Triple H on Raw with the World Heavyweight Championship. When he had the WWE Championship, there was at least some sort of attempt to make other guys like after this match in particular I think oh yeah yeah he, he had to he had to face Kali at SummerSlam and that uh he, he did his best Triple H did his best with uh what he was working with and then he arguably helped Jeff Hardy a lot going into that singles feud and now Justin Roberts doing the ring introductions I forgot they did this this early because it was only recently where they were started doing it for the women's championships for the tag team championships for the world championships i forgot they didn't really do these in-ring introductions for them man triple h is just really tan it's amazing how tan he got here I always liked the Great American Bash pay-per-view because they would always make their ring ropes red, white, and blue. It's always that neat little touch that they had for the the Great American Bash shows is just make the ropes a different color. Just a different feel for the pay-per-view. Just that little, uh, that little oomph that would make this show a little bit special that you could see like, oh, wow, this is actually kind of a special show they're doing, depending on what the card was. 
And also on this card, this was, I believe, the last parking lot brawl with JBL and John Cena. Oh, and Edge just went right for him, just pounding on Triple H right now, just brawling. And I don't blame him, because Triple H just outed Edge as a cheater. You don't want want that, just after he recently got married. Off the ropes, and over the top goes Edge. I wonder if Triple H is going to do a tope. Oh, nope, just knocked him off the apron again. You know, I'm glad I'm old enough to appreciate Triple H as a performer than I am now because before I was kind of like, I put Triple H, Randy Orton, John Cena kind of in the same category where it's like, oh my God, they're always, they're always in the main event. They aren't getting these guys to shine. But when you get like matches like this where you don't really have as common, it's pretty cool seeing and looking back on all of it. I do remember that weird promo that Triple H had with the authority with Edge when Edge was still retired and Edge called him a not only a dictator but a total dick and Triple H said oh Edge you never drew a dime I always thought that was kind of a weird thing to say because to the casual fan what does drawing a dime mean and if you don't know what drawing a dime mean that means oh you never made money in this business or you never were a big enough name to warrant people coming to see you live which I think was a very unfair thing to say to Edge because I think during this time especially Edge was the number one number two bad guy that they had here and that's another reason why I think Triple H and Edge haven't really wrestled as much as I think they should have because usually if one was a bad guy or one was a good guy the other one was right behind them. And also they looked similar, so I'm not sure if that played into any factor where it's just like, oh, they look similar, so people might be, like newer fans might be confused on who to root for, but I don't know. That's just me speculating. I don't have, again, I don't have any concrete information of why Triple H or Edge never had a prolonged singles feud. I remember them teasing it in 2004 when Edge came back from injury, and he said one by one he's going to take down all of Evolution. And I think he did before he faced Triple H. He beat Batista, he beat Ric Flair, he beat Randy Orton for the Intercontinental Championship, and it looked like they were teasing Edge versus Triple H, but then Edge got hurt, and then when he returned, he turned heel shortly after. Okay, we saw not too long ago that Edge... Hit a flapjack on Triple H on the barricade. Now both of them back in the ring. Ooh, and a nice kick right to the gut to Triple H. I remember being excited for the show because one was a pay-per-view. And ooh, spear in the corner. And it's always cool watching a pay-per-view with your buddy, with your friend. And kind of riffing off each other to see what's going to happen next in the storyline. Even though this match didn't really have major storyline impact, because, again, it was only like a week or two build. So there was nothing really, not to say to look forward to, but I think they were going off of, hey, it's Triple H, it's Edge, that's the match. You're going to pay to see it either way. And, and to their credit, it worked, because we both went to the show. 
you know, I don't know if it's just me, but babyface, good guy, triple, ooh, a little malfunction right there with the Irish whip. Uh, with me, with babyface, triple H, it's always weird to me, like how he was as a performer, because triple H was always this ass kicking heel character and it's just kind of weird how he would just sell and sell and sell and triple h is very good at selling when he's a bad guy but as the underdog babyface character it's kind of like a weird transition and ooh triple h gets whipped right in the steps I remember this match being kind of like a paint-by-numbers match where it's like, you know, no fancy bells and whistles. You're not going to see topes over the top. You're not going to see 450s. It's just going to be a good, snug wrestling match. Edge posing did the uh, the famous rock and roll devil horn symbol. I remember I got Chris Jericho's last t-shirt before he said, I don't want any merch at this show. And it was like a, it was like a mock of an old timey circus advertisement. And it was like, come on, come on to the break down the walls tour. And it's a red, dark red shirt that had the Jericho pose on it. And I remember because I was, wasn't very big then my dad convinced me to buy an extra large so I could grow into it. <laughs> and then I can't, I can't even fit like I, I only do a medium max, so <laughs> thanks, Dad. And I, I still have, uh, I used to buy shirts in extra large, thanks to my dad, but now I can only fit in mediums, so it's not anything to complain about, but now I have a cool little piece of merch from this show. Body scissors onto Triple H. With Triple H during this time, during this reign, when he beat Randy Orton, it felt like he was kind of trying to make other guys while holding the championship, like I said earlier with Jeff Hardy and with Randy Orton as well, because after 2004, we were like, oof, there's no saving Randy Orton. But I think Randy did okay for himself. And with Edge, he was in the middle of his on-again, off-again feud with The Undertaker, and that's what would come into play after this match with Edge and Taker main eventing SummerSlam in Hell in a Cell. Triple H is countering the body scissors right now with some good punches to the dome. And again, during this time, I remember Edge and Chris Jericho talking that they wanted... They wanted at least to have WWE release a DVD because during the time on SmackDown when Edge was feuding with The Undertaker, Chris Jericho was feuding with Shawn Michaels. And those were probably the two best feuds, not only of the year, but of the entire decade, if you think about it. Really made Edge into a bigger star, really made Chris Jericho into a bigger star, and it is a prime example of two veterans making talent and i think like a notch below that is obviously triple h jeff hardy that was a good feud between two good guys and edge Ooh, went for a diving spear but ate nothing but the floor yeah triple h went sure <laughs> triple h was like no nah, i'm not taking that bump he's like i'm not gonna do the foley thing 
And I imagine Foley on commentary saying something like, oh, I took that bump through a table with fire right now. And I remember liking Mick Foley's commentary okay. I thought he was, as short-lived as it was, he was a great, credible analyst for a color commentator. Like he, if anybody knows about the pain that it is you can get in the ring, it would be Mick Foley. So I was kind of bummed when he left and he went to TNA shortly afterwards. Just kicks in the chest to Triple H, selling the ribs. Good sight. Again, another thing about Triple H, he has wonderful psychology when it comes to the ring. When it comes to selling a body part, going after a body part. And it's smart for Edge to focus on the midsection to, like, you know, build up for the spear finish. And I know people have criticized, at least during this time, because Edge wasn't as muscular as he was, uh, or as he is now, excuse me. And that his spear never looked that devastating. But I think he's gotten better over time. Not my favorite spear. I think my favorite spear right now is Braun, because it, Braun Breaker, because it just looks like it just kills you. And Roman's is more like a high-impact spear. Like, you could see the guy floating it a little bit. With Edge, it's just like a quick and you miss it. Oh, and Edge just got his turn on the steps. Especially now, it's really weird that Triple H has long hair here. Because he's been... Yeah, it's been 10 years since he's uh, actually had... had uh, 10, 10 or 11 years he's had long hair. So I think I'm actually more used to Triple H being bald than I am with hair at this point. Edge baseball slide, missed, and went for the clothesline, and execution on the... Oh, wow. Execution on the floor. I was surprised Triple H went up for that. Good double down, though. Gives both guys a time to rest and recalibrate some things. This has been a fine match so far. Nothing too complicated. Both guys just filling each other out. It's like a classic chess game, which is what most Triple H matches I feel like are. You get to this point to get to this point to get to this point. You might lose some pieces along the way, but you got to win the game. No pun intended. Edge obviously getting Triple H back in the ring because you can't win a championship by a count out. Ooh, good kick out by Triple H. I was a big fan of Edge's rated R superstar character and him being sleazy just trying to, you know, seduce the general manager of SmackDown, seduce just the the only trying to get his way and which caused for constant championship matches which would run thin sooner or later but th thankfully it's like they were creative enough with edge to make it feel a little bit different so it didn't feel like it was the same story every time Ooh, good ddt by triple h and it always fakes me out because every because triple h usually sets up the ddt with the kick to the gut i always think he's going for the pedigree there and it just kind of fakes me out i'm like oh yeah he does do this ddt here Yeah, it's a good, solid match. Another thing that 
I like during this time in 2008 was I, I do like the move. This is completely random, by the way, uh, at least with the draft when they implemented Matt Hardy on ECW. And I thought it gave Matt Hardy a ooh, Triple H going for a pedigree, a career almost resurgence a little bit in a solo capacity, which I think he long deserved. And it wouldn't be fully realized till he got the broken gimmick. Triple H just kicked out of the, I believe that's called the Edgeomatic. It's that uh, go from behind, boom, sit out move. So I was really glad with Matt Hardy. He lost to Sean Benjamin for the U.S. title at, on the show, and I thought Sean Benjamin could have been something a little bit more. Edge went to spear, countered, up, oh, roll up, two, and Edge kicks out. Another thing, as we're going to see later on in the match, is they never really follow up on the Edge Alicia Fox or Wedding Planner story. Like, they follow up with Edge and Vicky, but I don't think we see the Wedding Planner Alicia Fox ever again after this show. Which is kind of odd because you think something as important as that breaking up the relationship between Edge and Vicky at this time would play a pivotal role in the show, but it just never did. And it was pedi confusing to me at the time. Oh, but Edge is setting up the spear. Uh, and I'm just noticing now, Edge looks really weird without facial hair. Like he, this is clean shaven Edge. Maybe a little goatee. Ooh, good spine buster. Triple H firing up. So yeah, they never really follow up on this. I don't think Edge and Triple H. Oh, Triple H going for a pedigree here. I'm not sure if they. I know they have a couple tags and multi mans, but yeah, this is the last singles match between the two. And I wish we got to see a little bit more of Triple H and Edge in action against each other because watching this match back, it's very solid and it feels like they could always go into another gear. But this is a slow, methodical match. It's not as slow as the match Edge had with Randy Orton at WrestleMania or Triple H had with Randy Orton. Sorry to put put Randy Orton the same uh, on blast here a little bit, but Randy Orton does work slow. But these guys are taking their times. They're making every ooh, superplex by Edge. They're making every single move mean something in the match. Like they're not just throwing it away. They're not doing like a thousand four fifties. I know a lot of people like that style appears appeals to a lot of people, especially the AEW audience. And up. Oh, Speak of the devil, hey, Alicia Fox is coming out to support her man, I guess. Where's she going? I forgot where she's just going. Oh, she's going for the title. Okay, I was I was a little confused because, again, the whole setup is kind of like in reverse. So, I it, it, was, it took me a second to realize what she was getting for. Oh, she's, she's given the championship the edge and... Vicky Caron just clotheslined Alicia Fox. Ooh, that's a pretty good... Oh, Vicky just took the title back. Oh, geez, she has... She has the evil look in her eyes. Now she has the championship and... The, oh, wow, she just pie-faced the referee. Oh, she, she she's going for edge. 
And oh, Alicia, Alicia Fox. Yes. And now it's a cat. I remember I had an old cell phone video of this, and <laughs> I just screamed, "Go wedding planner!" Because Alicia Fox is just doing the cat fight move with Vicky, and now the referee trying to get in between the two. Oh, okay. Edge just speared Vicky <laughs> Guerrero off the re off the referee, and oh my god, and Edge just realized what happened. That was the spot in the match right there. Now, do they go right to the finish from here? Edge is looking at Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox is selling. Edge is like, what are you doing here? And Triple H. And is he going to hit it? Yep, it's the pedigree. And it's one, two, and three. Boom. Triple H retains the WWE Championship. All is right in the world. It was a solid match, you know? Like, if you want to do star ratings, I guess three three and a half stars i think is a fine rating fine main event i wish they would have if, if edge wasn't in his feud with the undertaker i wish they would have capitalized on this more they they do and in kind of a sense with edge returning at survivor series after SummerSlam, defeating triple h for the wwe championship but they kind of dropped the whole marital problems angle with edge and vicky guerrero they it just the next night on SmackDown, when Edge won the WWE Championship from Triple H, they just reunited like nothing happened. Like they, like completely retconned the uh, wedding planner thing. So it was like one of those like false call up kind of deals that they would have from time to time. Like you'll have a star from FCW at the time get called up to the main roster, and then they'd be retconned within a couple of weeks and then go back to FCW until something different happens. And with Alicia Fox, she wouldn't come back to the main roster until that ECW initiative with uh, DJ Gabriel, I think his name was, as his dance partner. But yeah, overall, solid match between the two. Furthers the story between Edge and Vicky Guerrero. Um, Chavo looking and... Chavo Guerrero looking on and taking care of Vicky right there. Edge is stunned. Triple H to conquering hero. And that is it for the Great American Bash 2008. Overall, fun sh fun match, you know. Uh, I can appreciate it more now than I did back then when I was a teenager. Because slower paced match kind of didn't really hold my attention that well. But now... Looking at it back and looking at the story they were telling with Edge going after the midsection, Triple H trying to overcome that and just playing counter for counter with Edge and with Vicky Guerrero ultimately and the destruction of Vicky Guerrero and Alicia Fox costing Edge the WWE Championship and which will transition to Edge going into Hell in a Cell with Undertaker is a perfect bow on Edge's story arc, at least for that time. All right, thank you so much for joining me for this lovely little rewatch of Wrestling Retold and Relived of the Great American Bash main event, Triple H versus Edge. I hope you all enjoyed it. Again, you could catch us every Tuesday. The Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok is at Retold Richie Mars. I post some content during the week for TikTok, so take on current wrestling takes and whatnot, so check that out if you are interested. 
All right. I, of course, am Richie Mars. TTFN. Tata for now. Have a fantastic day.